Welcome to Eat, Sleep, Wine, Repeat, a podcast for all you wine lovers who, if you're like me, just cannot get enough of the good stuff. I'm Yanina Doyle, your host, brand ambassador, wine educator, and sommelier. So stick with me as we dive deeper into this ever-evolving, wonderful world of wine. And wherever you are listening to this, cheers to you. Hello, happy Monday to you all. I literally cannot believe we are in the middle of December already. Merry Christmas. Have you already picked your Christmas wines for Christmas Day? If so, let me know. (laughs) Now, I can imagine for those of you listening, not many of you will have chosen Polish wines for your Christmas lunch. And you could be forgiven because most people have never had the opportunity to taste Polish wines and have no idea what they're all about. Well, my guest today is Polish sommelier Adam Michodski, and he's built up a fantastic CV in the UK working at many Michelin star restaurants, the man behind the curtain, Sean Rankin at Grantley Hall, the Glass House, to name a few. Now, while still currently working as head sommelier, he has set up Central Wines where he is importing into the UK some of the best Polish wines available. So today we're going to be looking at the white grape varieties and tasting one of his white wines that has a real nice story behind it for him. We'll be looking at the wine regions, you know, where actually are most of the wineries situated, the climate in which they grow, which wineries you can actually visit and how close they are to the main cities. And of course, a few perfect Polish food pairings to go with the wine we're drinking as well. And if you haven't had any Polish food, yes, I'm biased being half Polish myself, but there's something very comforting and warming about some of their dishes. So go and get yourself some porogi, which I mentioned later, get some guamki. This is just beautiful cabbage rolls. Try some bigos. And in fact, if you want to celebrate Christmas like the Poles, they do a traditional 12-course menu. That's correct. 12 courses. So it's not bad to celebrate Polish. (laughs) And one of the most beautiful soups they do to start with is this red borscht, which is beetroot. And inside of it are these porcini raviolis. They call them ushka. And when you make these raviolis, you put a coin in one of them. So somebody, fingers crossed they don't break their tooth, (laughs) somebody gets to bite into one of these raviolis and finds the coin. And this means that for the year coming, it will be beautiful and prosperous. Okay, I'm in the mood. I'm going to hand you over now to the chat with Adam. And you can hear about his journey getting into the world of wine. Cześć, jak się masz? No cześć, cześć. How are you today? I have to say, yeah, how are you? Because not all of us can speak Polish, you know. I mean, that's that's my limited vocabulary, so I better not pretend I can. But uh, yeah, how are you? Yes, yes, I'm very well. Would like to spread the love uh, about Polish wines. Yeah, and I want to drink Polish wine. So thank you for creating... <laughs> an importing company effectively where you're bringing Polish wine into the UK. This is fantastic. So I guess we will get onto the Polish wine in a second. You have got some incredible credentials. You've worked in amazing restaurants as a sommelier. You have won Best Polish Young Sommelier, which we're going to talk about in a second. So you kind of know your stuff, I think. Just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. How did you get into wine? Because growing up in Poland, certainly, you know, what 
you know, 20 odd years ago, the revolution of wine drinking really has only started in the last five, 10 years, really. So five years, I, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You were obviously just drinking vodka, right? <laughs> as, as a child, you were just drinking vodka. I did, I did, you know, as a, as a youngster, but um, yeah. Shush. <laughs> Don't admit it. <laughs> not anymore. So growing up in a country that was not drinking wine, how did you find the love for it? Well, I did live in Alsace. So basically, when, when I went to study French language, I just fell in love with all the culture. Um, ah. And yes, and uh, and I went to work in France. Uh, it was actually Alsace in Colmar, so one of the most beautiful places in the world. And yes, you know, just, just visiting some vignettes with a, a Riesling, with a Pinot Gris, with Pinot Blanc, some Gavots. Mm-hmm. You know, hard to not fall in love uh, with the wines. Well, that's interesting that you're talking about falling in love with especially the Alsatian wines and the white wines, because if anything, you're sticking with the northern France, which is the closest thing in, in a way to what you're going to get in Poland or just kind of northern exactly. Europe, isn't it? So you weren't, yes, you weren't going yes. too far field <laughs> yes so you know it's me. <laughs> so tell me then did you mm. return back to poland inspired by wine and started studying in poland or yes yes and then i managed to work in the, one of the best places in, in poland which was which had at that time like very very expensive wine is around 200 bins okay um you know at that time it was non-existent any anywhere in poland which restaurant just in case we want to go and visit it was no no it's it's already closed so (laughs) oh okay well so you were working there did you do your wset's or did you do they have the court of master sommelier in poland no i think they started uh, cms like a couple of years ago but uh, Mm -hmm. at that time it was uh, just wct so Mm -hmm. i did the wct in poland uh, I, I went for level three straight away, and once I've done that, I was like, "Damn, I just need to go for a diploma. Like, I want more." And at that time, you know, you, you could do diploma in Austria, close to ah, Vienna, okay. or you could do that in London. Did you come to us? Yeah, because I hate speaking <laughs> German, and it's not because I'm Polish. I decided to, you know, to move to to UK, and um, after yes, first few months in in Yorkshire, I went to London and, and started my proper wine journey uh, in Shea Bruce and yeah starting diploma as well oh Shea Bruce you know it's such an institution Shea Bruce often it's not you know mentioned as much as it should be but so many of the best sommeliers have started in Shea Bruce you know exactly um, yes mm. yes. and when when I was looking for a place uh, to work I I was just looking to to work under an amazing head sommelier like I didn't care rather about the restaurant or anything I, was, I just wanted to be with somebody who's like you know on top of the game and uh, at that time there was Sara Bakhtiori oh of course and, who uh, oh, are yeah, she's fantastic yeah, so, yeah. yeah she's moved over to the dark side as well on the importer <laughs> side <laughs> but hey don't we yeah. all we all start as sommeliers and then we're like hey, exactly. do you know what yeah. a more nine to five job would be nice exactly <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice to spend weekends with family, you know? Absolutely. So how did you get about doing the best Polish young som competition? Well, I, I feel like it was just this part of my uh, competitive side. The, the first competition I took part in was uh, a year before. And it was like international uh, young somali competition. It was like okay. 30 people from, I don't know, seven, eight countries. I was like, you know, I literally just started doing diploma at that time. Mm. Just first few months. And uh, and I, I decided to go for this competition. And, uh, you know, in, in the first go, I ended up in the final. In the top. Oh, really? That was like, mm. yeah, already a big one. And uh, towards the end of the diploma, I was like just 
so bored of you know studying all this stuff which are not very strong uh, for for Somalia. Um, yeah, I was I was more into Kutomasi Somalia, so that's why I just started preparing for that as well. Yeah, so you've just passed yeah. the advanced, yes, like yes. literally a few weeks ago, four right? Weeks, four weeks ago, yes, yes. Yay, bravo, bravo. <laughs> I don't know, yeah, oh no, I don't know how to say well done in, do I know how to say well done? Oh, bad adoption, huh? Bad adoption, oh. oh, there we go, there we go. No, I know far more oh, than yeah, I'm making you up. Know, but... yeah, oh, you know, What can I, what can I, yeah, because people enjoy that. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> So you've done your WACT's diploma. That wasn't enough. You've done the Court of Master Sommelier and worked your way up to advanced. I mean, after that now, really, you only have either Master Sommelier or Master of Wine to do, right? Yes, yes. Are you tempted? Well, uh, that's that's the plan. (laughs) Well, that was the plan for me until, I don't know, finished the diploma and was like, oh, no, studying is yuck. It's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Just talking and drinking wine is fine for me. So... (laughs) <laughs> Tell me about winning the best Polish young som, just because I'm intrigued and I think people listening, many people have not been to any of these competitions. How do you win it? What do you do? What's part? What was the most difficult part? Well, um, I always feel strong with the theory. You know, I was, mm-hmm. I was preparing a lot for a diploma and for, and for CMS, so and that's always my my strongest point. But uh, you know, then on the blind tasting, you can get. Like on the exams, you, you you know what you can expect, but then on the competitions, you can just get some weird stuff. Okay. Uh, so that's that's always tricky, and um, you know, with with the service, I just always use uh, the golden advice I've got from uh, Sarah from Sarah Bakiori: just be yourself, just do what you do on a daily basis, and it's gonna be alright. Like you know, not thinking too much. So again, you know, on on the competitions, you just have this uh, task that you know might have on a daily basis in the restaurant with the tricky customers and Asana, you say tricky customers. Yes, everyone listening, there's many of you. We know. Yeah, we yeah. act with a smile, but we know, you know who you are. So it, with the tricky customers, is that part of winning the best Polish young som? Do they make you serve somebody who's acting like an arsehole? <laughs> no, not not an arsehole, but, you know, they, they just have this, like, you need to know what's on the station and, you know, if, if uh, you just have like champagne and puy fume in the in the ice mm-hmm. bucket, but you also have somewhere in the middle of the station like creme de cassis, like uh, I don't like dry wines, uh, you know, I like something else, right? I was like, oh yeah, I, I can prepare the QIA for you. So I was like, oh yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. So uh, you need to listen to to what uh, what they want from you and and uh, look around what's going on in the in the room uh, and on the station. So you can actually like, you know, start thinking ahead. And what makes a good sommelier? What would a bad sommelier do? You know, like as an example, one of the things that always grinds against me is when people use a bottle opener when they're cutting the foil and they take the mm-hmm. top part, they don't take the bottom part, <laughs> right? So oh, that's, 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 yeah, that's criminal. <laughs> isn't it? It's criminal. So that mm. for me is something that always like, oh no, it's painful to watch when people do that. And many people in the wine industry just cut from the top lip, not the bottom part because they weren't sommelier. So what for you is a bad sommelier or potentially what shows a good sommelier? So firstly, like people just forget uh, what are they for sommeliers. So basically mm-hmm. they are there to advise, they are there for people and they need to make sure that they very familiar with the food because if you don't care about the food, how can you advise on the wine? 
Mm-hmm. And that's that's like for me the most important. Like I always study the food in depth, and then I play around with the wine to make sure that you know people they just get like mind blowing experience. But on the other side, you know there are these sommeliers that they just want to, you know, sell good bottles. And if somebody's uh, you know ordering house white or house red, they just don't care about them, which is not the case because you need to uh, you need to be there for people and not like uh, you're you're not the star. You, oh, I speak for yourself. They come there for the food, so you know. Yeah. Uh, they they need to have a bit more um, yeah get a bit more relaxed and. Um... Absolutely. So <laughs> you're still working in restaurants now, but you have set up central wines which everybody if you're in the uk you can purchase the wines online so you can get polish wines yeah yeah some nice polish juice yeah exactly how was that setting up and having to import everything and visiting wineries and choosing which wineries to bring tell us a little bit about that so it all started when i when i visited the winery at the beginning of the last year so literally just before before covid hit Mm -hmm. because people they always ask me oh where are you from i'm from poland oh do you have any polish wines no i don't so when i visit the winery which is like an hour an hour 30 minutes drive from where i'm originally from which is uh, which is nissa in the south in the southwest yes in southwest oh okay so Um, are you kind of near krakow Oh. Uh, closer to Wrocław. Okay, Wrocław. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, literally like 20 kilometers from Czech border. Okay. And uh, yeah, so I visited the winery and I was like, guys, this, this wine is just absolutely amazing. Like, how is it even possible that the, that the wine is just so good? And I asked, do you export it? Do you, do you have it in the UK? And they're like, no, 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 but you can do it. Ooh. And you know, it was like, well, yes, why not? And then, of course, the, the first lockdown started. And all the lockdowns, I was just working my my way through all the paperwork, all the, all the licenses, you know, mm-hmm. like storage, like deliveries, like all the process that uh, that you need to do, which, you know, I've never done before. So I, I had to like work it out more or less how, you know, all this company working. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it happened. And this winery that started everything, what's the name of this winery? It's the Silesian Winery and it's the hey. Cuba which, which you have today with you. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Talk about segue because I poured it and I'm like, I'm just, I've just been being polite, you know, asking you questions yeah. about you, but I'm like, can we, can we get to the wine now? Yay. Yeah. Okay. So this was, oh, thank you for sending this bottle then. A wine that obviously means the most in a way. It doesn't mean it's necessarily the best in your portfolio, but it started the dream, right? So we have the Cuvée 2019. So yeah, if anyone sees exactly. Vinitsa on the label, that means winery. So Vinitsa, Cilician. And also, fun fact for anyone, Cilicia, that region down in the south. I mean, we obviously know that wine has been made in Poland for hundreds of years because they were the people that brought over lots of the vines to Barossa Valley Barossa, in, yes, yes. in the 1800s. So there we go. Right. Okay. Oh, my God. It's aromatic. It's huge. On the nose. Yeah, <laughs> Wow. Do you know, I find that of all the Polish wines I've tried, and I've tried a few, I've tried mostly from Turnau Winery, which yes, I'm sure yes, we'll yes. touch on. I am surprised you didn't send me a Turnau wine, actually. It's just they so are... popular, you know. <laughs> uh, so you were like, look, yeah. they, they've already established themselves. Yeah, because Turnau probably are 
It's the, the biggest Google. post winery, yeah. And they're f- they are fantastic, aren't they? So I've had quite a they, lot they of are. I mean, all the wines I've brought, like, uh, oh, you know, I was just very fussy. Uh, and Good. just wanted to make sure that, you know, they're just amazing value for money. Well, all of the uh, wines I've had from Turnhouse and the Solaris and Johanita, and they've all been white. I haven't had any reds. So I'm excited our second wine that we're going to drink later is a red. So we'll get on to that. Mm. But the whites are always, for me really aromatic really lifted really quite floral and fruity and even tropical would you say that's true as a general rule that white wines are like that or or are there actually some pretty crisp wines and some pretty slightly more neutral delicate wines yeah so i think you know it depends on on the grape variety but uh, trust me, you know, when, when I taste like almost 200 of the Polish wines to make sure that I'll bring these 33, the best ones, I tasted some like <laughs> really bad stuff, like <laughs> like one red. I feel like it would be better if it was corked. Like it was just oh, shit. So oh, no. <laughs> That's like, why oh, you do it? Like, you know, you, just, you, you should put it in the sink, not, uh, you know, oh, not wow. try to sell it to people. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear so so you think that that should have a value of minus five pounds yes they should pay people for trying you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay well i could absolutely confirm that mm. i should pay for this wine it's beautiful it's really intense i am loving the vibrancy and the intensity of aroma on the nose and funny enough this is the first time i've sniffed it but as soon as i poured the wine straight away i could smell it in the room so i think for anybody who is a marlborough sauvignon blanc fan from new zealand exactly would absolutely adore it for those english listeners who are drinking a lot of bacchus at the moment they would absolutely love this it's Oh, can you tell me about this wine, and then we'll and then we'll talk. We'll swap tasting notes. Tell me about what they're doing and the grape varieties and what makes it unique. Yes. So basically, at this moment, it's like if people they into Vivino or this kind of stuff, it's like best value for money wine in Poland from okay. uh, like all the wines, which is really really great. And I, as I say, like you know, that's the wine that when I tasted, I was like, yes, I sh- I should bring these wines here because mm. it's just amazing and. It, this is a blend of fungus-resistant uh, grape varieties, yes, which is based on Johanniter and uh, Solaris. Yes, but there are also grapes like uh, Bianca, Jutrzenka, and Hibernal. <laughs> Makes me giggle <laughs> just all these random names. Everyone's like, "What?" Yeah. Um, can I let me please point out to everybody? There is a transcript. Go to the show notes, download the transcript. You will see all of the names and the words that we're saying. And you might even learn some Polish at the same oh, time. Okay. <laughs> okay, carry on so, with the great varieties. I mean, five is enough. <laughs> yes, like Johannes and Solaris, they, they basically two of the most popular ones in Poland, at least PV varieties. Yes. They're very aromatic. I only just learned about... So actually, if anybody goes back to episode 45, that's on study and winemaking, that's when I learned that that's what peewee varieties are. So peewee mm-hmm. are all these kind of more new varieties that have probably been created and crossed and lots of kind of hybrid mixes Breath, in yeah. the last, what, like 30 years. And they're all focused on fungal or like mold resistance, aren't they? And there's lots yeah, of them, and okay. it seems that the majority, in fact, what we're drinking today is all of these peewee varieties, P-I-W-I. 
Okay, you can continue. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, yes. No, no, no. So basically, about Polish wines, it's like 20 years ago, those literally just 19, 20 wineries. Mm. But nowadays, they're like 450. So it's like really skyrocketed. And um, most of them, they just so new that they don't even produce the wines yet. But, you know, I feel like the, the best is still yet to come. Mm. But also, like, people, they were planting mostly the kiwi varieties. But now there's, there's the move towards the vinifera. Okay, so in terms of whites, because let's focus on whites right now, we'll do reds later. Mm. Is it the typical Sauvignon Blanc and Chardonnay growing? I haven't seen anyone growing uh, Sauvignon Blanc. It is Chardonnay, actually. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, Riesling plantings okay. and, and Chardonnay mostly. Also a bit of the Pinot Gris, a bit of the Gewurz, okay. some Pinot Blanc. Uh, is popular. Yeah, so basically mm. what you can kind of find in Alsace they've brought yes. across. Makes plus Chardonnay. Yeah. Plus Chardonnay. And let's go back to Solaris and Johanneta. So these yeah. two yeah. are probably the main white grape varieties representing yes. Poland right now? I think so, yes. yes. So like most of the wineries they, they have some plantings and uh, this is to be very very popular and very mm. successful. Uh, yeah. As you can taste right now. Oh, well, to be so... honest, Solaris, Solaris grows really well in England as well. I mean, for anyone who doesn't know Solaris, it's it's kind of like a muscatty... Like Sauvignon Blanc? Yeah, well, well, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's zippy, it's zesty, but for me, it feel like it's... In fact, shall we say, it's like a love child of Sauvignon Blanc and muscat. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? It's got all these kind of more tropical lifted notes like pineapple and maybe bananas. It's got a beautiful, it's got beautiful aromatics, right? Yes, it always has this kind of gooseberries as well, some uh, green flavors, a bit of nettle, sometimes even lemongrass. So it's uh, it can be like really complex and layered and super aromatic, which nowadays a lot of wine drinkers are looking <sighs> for. You know, in this specific wine, as you said, this gooseberry and like an elderflower. So I'm really getting this mm-hmm. Sauvignon Blanc vibe yes, there. Yes, and uh, and that's that's what I always um, find in the. In this wine, like, just amazing alternative for, for uh, Sauvignon Blanc lovers. Mm. But in addition, I'm getting, like, jasmine as well. Like, it's this really yes, yes, yes. rich... Yes, yes, yes. Like, very, yes, yes. Like, jasmine, a bit of a lavender as well. Oh, yeah, uh, and then, so... like, some lychee, something really, really tropical. Mm. Okay, let me taste it. Are you drinking with me, or is it? am I just drinking no, by myself? No, 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 no. Oh, Sad. Uh, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the yeah, delivery. <laughs> and you don't want them to catch you like uh, sat <laughs> early in the morning with a glass of wine. So let me, okay, let me describe from my perspective to everyone. So you already just aromatics and, and almost pungency of this wine on the nose is amazing. And then mm, it's actually very weighty. I'd still say medium bodied, but it's got a real richness, very fresh still. I think you get more of the citrus fruits coming through on the palate. So actually, that's quite nice. It's not too in your face. So it's a little bit more restrained. It's much fresher on the palate, yeah. Exactly. It's a big, it's really in your face on the nose. And then on the palate, it's got a little bit more delicacy. But still, beautiful fruit. A bit more of this kind of, yeah, crunchy green apples, a bit of lime. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's this strong minority. Because like Silesian winery, they, they have this like very unique soil in terms okay. of like uh, Polish uh, ge- geology. Mm-hmm. They are based on granite. Okay. So 
you you know you compare it to Priorat or or Bojole eventually this kind of this kind of uh, granite so which always brings a lot of minerality to to the wines um, and helps to balance this richness which uh, you know is also important in terms of wine and food pairings. Mm. I mean this would go quite nicely with some kind of. Um... A chicken dish that's just very creamy i think it could go with risotto as well i'd want to pair it with that kind of a creamier sauce because it's got that richness but again because it's not you know huge just chicken um would work so really yes nicely. We, we we had this dish like uh, it was a, a john dory with the uh, lemon verbena infused beurre blanc sauce oh john dory fish mm. yes yes with the with the lemon verbena infused beurre blanc sauce with uh, a bit of the pike roll and barbecue piece. Ooh, this could really handle <laughs> some barbecue. Yes, yeah. because of the tropical notes. And this is a, I would point out to everyone, in my opinion, I don't know whether you agree with me because I think this is slightly subjective. This is still just in the dry category. I think it's more about really ripe fruit rather than it being off dry. But I think for some people, they might feel like it's just going into off dry. But I, I, I feel this is dry. I don't know if you know the residual oh, sugar. There are six grams per liter. Perfect. So, th- so it is dry. There is some less sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they, they just keep it uh, in tanks for, exactly. for a long time, for over 12 months before they release it. Ah. So it's, um, it's very well integrated and it's like not masking the food. It actually really empowers it. Absolutely. And I think for anybody who wants to know about residual sugar, there's not an official limit of what's dry and off dry because it depends on the acidity. It depends on the balance. It's more yeah. about perception. But typically at 10 grams of residual sugar per litre, that is considered off dry. But a lot of dry wines, like a Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough, will be literally one gram. So the fact that this has six, I think that's helping with that weight. But 12% alcohol, really, well, light, light for me. <laughs> exactly. And that's the best about Polish wines, that, you know, they they basically like pretty low in alcohol. So most of them, they, they're between 11.5 and 12.5. Mm-hmm. And that's what I discovered recently, you know, in terms of like uh, wine and food pairing. Any wine over 13.5 is just like already overpowering. If, if you take even like, you know, uh, uh, a beef or a venison steak or anything, when yeah. I tried it with the with the Newark wines, which are just like 14%, it's already like too much. So that's, that's like uh, pretty interesting, and especially for me, like for somebody, yeah, where yeah. I have a tasting menu and the wine pairing. I just want them to, you know, actually enjoy a, a, every single course as it was the first one. Absolutely. So that's, yeah. that's what I always keep in mind, that the amount of alcohol levels, they need to be reasonably low mm. to compare yeah. with what you normally get. Because, you know, if you get this uh, Stellenbosch red, which has like 14.5, 15%, and then you get, the, you know, a glass of port or a Madeira to finish off, mm-hmm. you know, you're done. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so everyone... Get some Polish wine. Could I feel like this could be because I want to go to the Polish side of food pairing? I think this could also go really nice with some pierogi, which for anybody who doesn't pierogi know, pierogi with sauerkraut. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. If anyone Mocky. who doesn't, mm-hmm, <laughs> it's a type of dumpling. But I swear to God, any of you who do not know what this is oh get some and by the way there's so many polish shops all over the uk and so many polish shops all over america like for most of my listeners you should easily be able to go to a polish shop and get actually i think there's pierogi in sainsbury's now as well actually 
Really? In fact, I say I think. I do know because I bought some. They have pierogi in my Sainsbury's. So there we go. Hopefully everybody go and get some pierogi and, you know, cook it with some butter. Again, make it really, mm. you know, fatty and creamy. Yeah. And as you said, Very with the sauerkraut, <laughs> that kind of like that, that kind of sour cabbage note will be lifted with the more tropical notes of this wine. Any other Polish food pairings? Or did I just hit the nail on the head with pierogi? No, no, no. Uh, you know, pierogi is a stunning one. <laughs> but yeah, also like, it's not a salad. It's like, um, well, let, let's call it salad, but it's like, you know, with, with, with apple, with carrot. Oh, uh, yeah, a bit. And, yes, and with, yeah, yeah. And with the leek and, uh, you know, that uh, with a bit of the cream and that. That salad, yum. Okay, I don't know the name of that. What's it called? Do you Me know neither. the name of it? I don't know. <laughs> My grandma was doing that, you know. <laughs> yes. So tell me. So this, by the way, is £18.90 on Central Wine. Which I think for what, what it says, uh, amazing value for money. And, uh, that's, that's what I was looking all my, you know, uh, so many years. Just the best uh, value for money wines. And this one is it's really, <laughs> really worth it, I think. And what's the website called? Uh, centralwines.co.uk Okay, perfect. Centralwines.co.uk. Awesome. I am in love with this wine, genuinely. I think it's really inviting and the quality is still there. So there we go. So Winery Silesian. Can you talk to me about the different wine regions of Poland? I know that this wine has specifically come from the Lower Silesia region. It's in the south. Typically, it's a warmer climate. So most wine regions are down in the south. But not all. Turn out the one we were talking about, the most famous in the is yeah. in the Northwest, right? So is the, where else? Where are the wine regions of Poland? So um, there are also regions near to Krakow. Okay, down so, south again for anybody. Yes, but it's, it's more like towards the east. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, only like Subcarpathian uh, region and also very close to the town, which is called Sandomierz. Uh, there are quite a few wineries. Uh, on the Vistula River. Okay, how far from... Because Krakow is an amazing place. Us Brits have completely destroyed Krakow. It's a stunning, stunning city. <laughs> I have That's been... why I don't like to go there. It's too touristic. <laughs> I know. I used to have a Polish partner for seven years, in fact, from Krakow. So every year I was in Krakow. So I know it very, very well. It's an ama- It has an amazing main square food. I mean, it's going up in price, but still great value. This most amazing castle, beautiful river running through. It's a stunning, stunning place to visit. But then yeah, at yeah. nighttime, the Brits come along and it's like, Ray, stag do, stag do. Um, so it's kind of, we ruined it. Okay. So I poli- <laughs> apologize for that. Nonetheless, Krakow is an amazing place to go and visit and probably in my opinion better actually than Warsaw so how far are those wineries from Krakow if someone went to Krakow to see the, the city how far out would they have to go so Silesian winery is like 400 kilometers towards the west uh, well no the winery, uh, the, is winery. Close to, the winery is close to Krakow uh, so like, like the nearest oh, winery it's like half an hour an hour drive okay Perfect. And then they have a choice of maybe, what, three, four wineries? There, there, there are a few. Um, Which ones would you recommend? So there's one, uh, actually a couple of them that I'm working with. Uh, okay. Which is um, Vinita Pochotsky. Pochotsky, So they okay. do amazing, amazing red uh, from Marysza Foch grape varieties. And also uh, the rose that they're doing is of drying style. But mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Like 
Yeah, okay. again, very well integrated. So, uh... Announcement, everyone. Transcript, transcript. Download the transcript so you see what to Google search. And uh-huh. um, the other winery is called uh, Dom Bliskowice. So I ah, think it's like okay. the most cool Polish winery. Okay. The guy he was working with, Mel Kamuzet from Von Romana in Burgundy. Oh, okay. Ooh. Yes, yes. So, and he, he ages his wines in bars from, from Mel Kamuzet. So. Very nice. But, uh, Very nice. Yeah. And they're doing technically the best well-made Polish wine as well. So. Mm, okay, so people and definitely have to label. go to that. And then, if they go to Wrocław, which, by the way, I've also been to for work, funny enough, for, actually for mm-hmm. wine sales, because you okay. Polish people are pretty thirsty for wine of the world in general. So I've been actually working in the Polish market for, for wine and do many wine events, and it's fantastic. And uh, Wrocław, for me, again, the little square, it's it's just very beautiful, very quaint. There's loads of different types of restaurants, and it's not all just Polish. There's a real vibe going yeah, on, yeah. I found. So from Wrocław, how long would it take us to get to the Silesian winery? Half an hour. Perfect. Amazing. So half okay. an hour, 50 minutes, depends um, from which part of Wrocław or, you know, depends on the traffic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so Wrocław and Krakow, would they be your recommendation for the two best cities to go to to then be able to investigate some of the best wineries in Poland? Yeah, I mean, if, if I would go, I would go to Wrocław definitely because, like, okay. southwest is it's where it's at. Like, well, the most of the, yeah, the, the, the great wineries. Uh, there's Lesian, there's Adoria, there's also Lopera. So uh, they all like, as I say, half an hour from from Wrocław. And mm. um, they're, you know, if, if you think about uh, any regions uh, which are very close to Lower Silesia, it's uh, Saxon in Germany. Okay. So you know, it's just just across uh, the border. Okay. So it's the part of the the Poland where you have still like the longest vegetation season, very okay. uh, hot summers. Uh, and, yeah. A lot of sun. And to be honest, the reason why Poland is doing so well with the peewee varieties is because the winters are so cold. The amount of snow you get and what, what temperature yeah, does it get? It's amazing, yeah. Right, what temperature does so, it get to? Yes, it's, 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 it's very continental climate. So during the, the winter, the temperatures, they, they can drop to even minus 30. Mm-hmm. But during the summer, it's like 35, 40 degrees. And, uh, you know, when, when I serve some wines uh, currently in my place, it's like, oh, can you even uh, grow grapes in Poland? Uh, it's really <laughs> cold there. So I always just, uh, say this story, like when Sonia from Silesian Winery got married, they invited friends in August from UK to Poland. And, uh, you know, August, 35 degrees. And they so all hot, came yeah. with, with coats. Oh, how funny. Because oh, they thought it's so cold. Come on. Yeah, There's so. a thing called Google. <laughs> People can double check the temperature. That's terrible. <laughs> anyway, but, yeah. but yes, if you are going, in conclusion, if you are going to Poland in the winter, you want two coats. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Quite, quite a few layers, <laughs> like an onion. Absolutely. Be an onion. Be more onion. <laughs> So you definitely want to tune in to next week's part two, where we'll be looking at the red grape varieties of Poland, tasting some wine, again, some more food pairings, but also the different styles of wines that you're going to find in general in Poland, the future for Polish wine. So loads to talk about. 
Now, of course, I finish off with a wine quote, and I was lucky enough to be able to find one from a Polish winemaker, Warren Winiarski. Now, he was born in 1928 in a Polish Chicago community. Funny enough, his last name, Winiarski, means in Polish from a winemaker or from wine. So it's almost like it was his destiny. Now he moved to Napa Valley. He worked with Lee Stewart. He worked with Andrei Cheleshchev, with Robert Mondavi. And the reason why he is so famous is that his first commercial vintage of Cabernet Sauvignon, when it was released, it was submitted into the 1976 Judgment of Paris. And this was the award-winning 1973 SLV Stag Sleep, the one that literally put Napa Valley on the map, American wine on the map. So do look into his story. He wasn't always destined to be a winemaker. It was really interesting how he got to where he is now, in fact, still alive, live and kicking and 92 years old. And when talking about wine, he has said, We must remember that as long as wine is made by humans, it is a product of the mind. And the mind supposes a goal and a vision of what those grapes and those tools can get him or her to. The aspiration to bring perfection that they find from their conditions, their tools and their grapes. We've learnt how to spell. Now we're looking to write poetry. Well, I hope you guys go out and grab yourself a bottle of Polish wine. And if you can get onto Central Wines, get one of them because you've got an absolute stamp of approval for quality. And hopefully you will taste some written poetry too. Thank you as ever for listening. Subscribe if you haven't. Like the podcast if you haven't done it already. Leave a comment if you haven't done it already. Share the podcast if you haven't done it already. And do get in touch with me as ever. You can email me, yanina at eatsleepwinerepeat.co.uk or on Instagram, direct message me at eatsleep underscore wine repeat. Now, of course, in typical Polish fashion, I must raise my glass and say na zdrowie, which means for health. Cheers. So as always, until next week, cheers to you.